With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. That's what this weekend was. It's conference championship recap with Chris Sims. Hello. Josh Fendrick. Hey, guys. And Adam Lefko. We saw the New England Patriots win by 19 points. We saw the Atlanta Falcons win by 23 points. And I have one question for you, Sims. Yes. Why did those games suck so hard? Oh, well, because of... Gosh, it I, was. I, it was the most disappointing championship Sunday I can ever remember. And I've, I've been someone that's been like astutely watching this since I was five years old. Uh, so that was really disappointing from that standpoint. Why? Because there's no complete teams in football except for one, and it's New England Patriots. And you've heard my theory, what I said, that they're the only team in football that has the trifecta. And that is talent on offense, talent on defense. And we're just talking about personnel standpoint. And then a coaching staff that is talented in creativity and creative. Uh, there's no other team that has it in all, uh, in all three to me when I look at it. I can't come up with one team in football, and I thought about this last night. You know, Atlanta, at least the good thing about the Super Bowl is they have one area that is like super, super elite. Yes. And they that are can the, they, close the gap a little bit. I, yeah, I would say the only other elite would be Denver's defense and Atlanta's offense. Sure. And if you could combine those two teams, yeah. well, that would be dope. But it's, it's a shame. I mean, you really look at the NFL, you go, man, they're re- you're right. I mean, the Houston Texans. Elite defense. Not, not, not as. Eh. Is it elite defense? Yeah. I, I mean, it's an elite defense. That's actually a good question. Let's go through all the teams in the NFL. What were the elite units? Uh, Dallas's offense, would you say that was elite? I do. I said it's an elite. Especially uh, Giants had nothing. Eagles had nothing. Washington. Giants uh, had an elite defense. Okay. So okay. I would definitely say they're, Giants had a Super Bowl defense in my eyes. Washington's offense? I don't think it was elite. I think it was real good. I'm not going to elite offenses to me are New England okay. Atlanta Vikings defense. No, no. I'm going to say it's really Packers good. offense elite player. Exactly. Atlanta offense uh, nothing on Carolina. What about New Orleans offense? New Orleans offense would be in the elite category. Tampa as well. nothing. No. Arizona nothing. Rams nothing. Niners nothing. Anything Seahawks? Seahawks defense is. It's real good, but it's not elite. Like this, like I'm Russell going through. Wilson this isn't even parity. No, it's not. This is crap. It is. It's a lot of crap. Bills, nothing. Anything on the Dolphins? The Dolphins, no. no. They have the elite coach. I mean, he's Do an the elite. The Patriots mind. have anything elite? Their offense is elite. Their offense is definitely. Do you think elite. their defense is elite? I hate the fact that we're using elite. Well, it's all right. Uh, do I think their defense is elite? Yeah, I do. I think their defense is elite. Okay. I think their defense has way more physical talent than people realize because New England's not allowed like Pittsburgh to just go out and go, we're going to fly around the field like a bunch of maniacs and tear your head off. Bill would be like, no, do your f-ing job and stay right there. And when the guy comes into your area, then you could tear his head Ravens, off. Ravens, Bengals, Steelers, any units? Um, 
Because I don't think the Steelers' offense was that is that elite. No, I don't. I think they had an elite offensive line, and that was that's and about two it. Playmakers. Yes. Texans defense. Nothing Colts. Nothing Jags. Nothing Titans. Broncos defense. Chiefs. Raiders offense. Raiders offense. That was elite. Chiefs. Too. Chiefs, I don't think they had anything elite. I think they had a lot of elite players, but so we no need like, unit. We need like seven units. Yeah. And none and of them, none of them the had team. the other side. In fact, very few of them even had two out of the three, let alone just one out of the three. I'm calling this the Chris Sims Super Bowl because it's Kyle Shanahan's offense that you've been going. How does nobody realize he's had a top ten offense every year he's been a coordinator? Right. And the Patriots, who we've ever since week one, have been like, they're far and away the best team in the NFL. It's not even close. Yes. You worked for the Patriots. You're good friends with Kyle Shanahan. Did you pick this Super Bowl before the playoffs started in bracketology? No. My first bracketology, when we first did it before the wild card game, I, I did pick Green Bay to upset them in the championship game. But then when we went uh, after the wild card You had the Falcons over the Cowboys. Then I changed it, and I was like, okay, you know what? This Green Bay defense is not going to hold up. It's just not, not going to happen. I saw two things yesterday. I saw the offenses – of the Patriots and the Falcons continue to have guys more wide open than I've ever seen. (laughs) Chris Hogan running wild. Edelman running wild. The amount of thirds and longs that Atlanta completed yesterday. You're like, you said, he must have said 18 times, another third and nine. And people were going, why not draw back? The coaching on Green Bay and Pittsburgh. Yeah. It was criminal. Mm -hmm. What did they do all week? (sighs) That's what I'm, I'm more frustrated with coaches in the NFL yeah, than any other thing. I am too. It, it's a bull. It's a bull crap position right now in my eyes. I mean, it really is. It's you've heard me say it, it's a position of elect. It's no longer become about what you know. It's about who you know and how can I politic to get this job. I know I've been fired as a coordinator nine times with nine other teams, but I'd still like you to hire me as a position coach or your coordinator because I'll find some reason to finagle and lie to you to tell you why it didn't work out. And it's just recycled bullshit in the NFL right now. So that's why a lot I, of the coaching I haven't, sucks. Read, I haven't read one new name in this coaching cycle. No, exactly right. It's the same old hey, thing. Hey, Greg Williams, we're going to move you over here. Hey, Greg Minuski, you're going to go over here. Hey, Pat Shermer, just move up over here. It's just the same names. It's very hard. It was hard for me is to break ha- into coaching, let alone normal find, people. Is it hard to find guys that are willing to work that hour schedule? No, it's it, that's not the problem. There's plenty of guys that will work that hour schedule. It's do they really qualify to do the work, be creative, come up with a game plan. Do they really know football? Most of them, I would say, are exactly what you're saying. They're great workers, but that's all they are. That's all they are. They can follow the spreadsheet, and it says at 10.15 I do this, and 10.25 I do this, and I can organize the, gra- the day great. You need to be a visionary. You have to be at some point, yes. Like, uh, like you used to talk about all the time, Kyle would come up with concepts, and he'd pitch it to an offensive coordinator above him, right. and the guy would go, I'm going to be honest, Kyle, I've never seen that route combination before. I don't feel comfortable running it. Yes. And you go, hold on. We celebrate industry like Google. We celebrate stuff like Elon Musk, where we go innovate, try new. Like I read stories where it's like he takes what he did last year and he throws it away. We celebrate Louis C.K., who takes his stand-up from a year before, takes his best joke, makes it his first joke, and starts from scratch. But in the NFL, where 88 of the 100 most watched TV shows in America last year were all live sports, right. and NFL made up a lot of the top, right. so there's so much money coming in.
billions, billions and billions and billions, and we ask tax- taxpayers to pay hundreds of million dollars for stadiums, but yet we have some of the most uncreative people, least industrious people, like there's so much money coming in to just keep recycling the well, same bullshit. I know. What industry is this? Yeah, well, it's like, to your point, Louis C.K., I mean, he's creative. Like, that's, it drives me crazy about our place. Like, we get a lot of creative here. We don't have anybody here at Bleacher Report that can probably, like, actually write a schedule down and follow it. But we can have ideas. Louis C.K. can have ideas. He probably couldn't sit in a cubicle 16 to 18 hours a day of his life and just grind away, which most coaches, are, most, most coaches do, because he is a free thinker. And he's like, screw that. I'm not staying at some cubicle for 18 hours I a day. I punched the clock I have too times. much wings to fly. I need yes. to spread my wings. There's just not enough of them in football. And, you know, uh, it, it's disappointing. Man, I could really rattle off some crap with this right now. I mean, but just watching the Steelers on Why defense. I mean, the Steelers on defense. I mean, yeah, well, at some point, you're going to have to change it up. I have no problem with them rushing three and dropping eight. That's great. That's great. But see, what gets lost in it is the little details of what when teams do drop three. Like when New England rushes three and they drop eight. Or maybe they rush four and drop seven. But what they do is little things that you don't even realize when you're watching the game. Like uh, Pittsburgh yesterday, they drop eight and play cover three. Oh, great. We got cover three. But nobody puts a hand on a receiver at the line of scrimmage. So they're letting Tom Brady catch the ball. Their receivers get off the line free. Nothing to worry about. Oh, I can see everything and avoid everybody and sit in the hole. Where New England, they ran a lot of three-man rushes too. But what they did was like, Ninkovich, go out there. We want you to hit Antonio Brown as he leaves the line of scrimmage, knock Antonio Brown back behind the line of scrimmage, and then go rush Ben Roethlisberger. Because now he's going to look over at Antonio Brown and be like, Oh, shit. Antonio's, he's not where I thought he was He's not where be. I thought about Let me go to my next read. And you go to your next read, and your next read's not there because you've gotten off number one so quickly. The, so it's little things like that. And then and the fact that – I'm just going to stay on the Steelers because I thought their game planning was worse than the Packers. The Packers have been boring all year, yes. and it's always been let's let Aaron Rodgers do it. But the Steelers yesterday, perfect thing to sum them up. Your season is on the line, fourth and goal, yes. and you go with a 50-50 ball to your third-string tight end. That was just so disappointing. 50-50 fade, but on that play, what did Ninkovich do? Destroyed the other tight end. Or it might have been a different play. Yeah, but whatever. I can't think of it. But yeah, Ninkovich and Hightower No one awesome gets a free release coverage. against no, the Patriots. No, they're not going to do any of that. They're not going to try to play you man-to-man when you have like a bunch to the left and the receiver and on the right. Up. Right. They look, oh, we're going to play zone. Look, like we, they, we, they we, do we talked everything. about this yesterday. Patriots do some things that are different than everybody else. Mm-hmm. The Patriots don't do seven-step drops. They do six-and-a-half-step drops. Well, yards, you're saying. So yards. They will do the seven-step drop concept, but they will tell Tom to never be more than six-and-a-half yards deep. And if you watch because the game yesterday— Because everyone in the NFL, the pass rushers, are used to going to a certain depth, but the Patriots don't go to that depth. And you said yesterday, oh, I wonder why I never get to Tom Brady. Because he's not at the same spot as everybody it's, else. It's the difference between six-and-a-half and, and seven. Yes. It's like six-and-a-half, and most teams, if you really look at them, their quarterback, when they take like their deep— eight. They're like nine almost. Yeah. Okay. And you go, now, just think about it. If you're like a Bud Dupree, it's a lot easier to turn the corner to get to nine yards than it is to get to six and a half. Sharper turn. And how many times yesterday, I mean, if you were out there watching the game, how many times in that in that Pittsburgh New England game did you go, ooh, Bud Dupree got off the ball good. Oh, he looks like oh nope. Didn't even get a hand on Brady. Another thing the Patriots do or don't do, they don't pull a guard on the goal line. How did the Steelers get blown up when they didn't get in the end zone? They pulled the guard. Yeah. And you have a guy rushing right in where that guard's leaving. Mm-hmm. Because the Patriots go, 
why would I pull that guard yes. there? You have all these people on a goal line defense smashed in the middle of an offensive line. So if you move one guy out of the area, he's going to be replaced immediately by a defensive lineman who's going to run through the gap. And most of these guys are phenomenal athletes, and they're not just going to fall on their face. And you're exactly right. The that's Patriots rarely return a ball that's kicked into the end zone because they take it at the 25 and they don't risk a fumble. Yeah. It, it's just they're the only team that learns. And that's always been my issue about the people that call Belichick a cheater. Fine, if you're going to call him a cheater, also call him the most industrious coach that the NFL has because yeah. he's the only one paying attention. Mm-hmm. The Steelers and Packers came out yesterday and said, this is who we are. This is what we've done. I will die on this hill. Yes. That's what they did. Yeah, they did. And, and I'm sorry, I don't respect that. So I wrote down on the train last night just a list of dumb questions that I had. Okay. I will say this. One good thing came out of yesterday. Yeah. The world has realized that Troy Aikman is white Jay-Z. <laughs> that was, that was awesome. funny. Isn't that hilarious? That was funny. It uh, really what was. Do you, how do you think Troy's taking that? Uh, Troy probably takes it pretty good. He probably just gives it like a ha <laughs> Troy has on. also fallen to the bottom of the Adam Lefko color commentator NFL rankings. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I started to listen, and I, I realized that I wasn't learning anything. Yeah. Troy Aikman's really... Troy keeps it bland. Tell your dad I say thanks for the Rutgers commercial last night. By oh, the way. baby, yeah, Rutgers. Are you? Are you deep in this Super Bowl? Yeah, Very deep. That's one of those things that I've always thought was funny was the I mean, we way... Can do this now. You want to do this? Well, I was Five just... Rutgers players in the Super Bowl? Are you guys kidding me? More than Alabama, more than LSU, right. more than every other Jer- college. Jersey's deep in this Super and Bowl. Jersey. You throw yeah. Hogan in there. Well, right. uh, I think it's one of those things where uh, the college football crowd and the NFL crowd rarely see eye to eye. Potential doesn't always match up. Production yeah. doesn't always match up. And I don't think there's a coach that is more like made fun of in college circles than Greg Schiano. And the amount of respect that, that the GMs the and Belichick had for that guy where, you know, you hear these stories. I, I always love anonymous scouts. Yeah. The only ones that didn't like Shiano were the lowest level dudes that got treated like crap. I, I'm just going to be honest. You don't mean anything. Yeah. Like when I hear interns go from places, oh, I didn't like working there. Guess what? I, I really don't care. Uh, you are the bottom feeder. You're yeah. the crap. Of course you didn't like of it. Of course right. you didn't like it. Yeah, I was the big boy in New England. It yes. Was, yeah, there was days where I was But like, you weren't going to go around going, I think Patriots are run poorly because yeah. they treated me like right. crap. Exactly. No. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So dumb questions. Uh, let's go quick. Okay. If Le'Veon was healthy, could the Steelers have won? Negative, Ghost Rider. Allen Branch whooped that ass, and so did Malcolm Brown. Why did the Steelers only play zone? Because they have no cover corners, and they got to start, like you said, just dabbling in it a little bit, especially in those third and five situations. You could play zone, but have one guy like man up on Je- Julian Edelman. If like I that. could combine the Steelers' defensive stubbornness with the Packers' defensive ignorance. <laughs> the Packers put Gunter and man-to-man on Odell and Julio and Dez, and the, the Steelers only play zone. If I could get a little bit of that Packers bravado yeah, right. with the Steelers' stubbornness, we might actually have a might coaching have staff, yeah, yeah. you frickin' idiots. Which Capers is actually a Pittsburgh guy. Too. Was that a fumble by Brady on the quarterback sneak? Yes, it was. Why do they always get the calls? <laughs> You know, uh, I, I, I sometimes I think about that, too. You know why they get the calls? Because their uh, owner is being featured by CBS in a special. No, they get the calls because, the like, everything you just said, the karma. They've done all they've the extra it. things. They've earned the bounce. Yeah, I don't have a problem when the Patriots get calls because they're the only teams that deserve to get calls. They, I mean, they, they do. They're, they're not getting a cop-out. They've kind of earned it. In yes. a weird way. Why was Chris Hogan always open? Oh, gosh. Talk about the seam rounds. 
Yes, that's where I was going to go with any first. I mean, the seam routes, the way Pittsburgh tries to cover the seam route. So just think of this if you're out there listening at home. Two receivers to your left, and Hogan's the slot receiver, so he's on the inside. The outside receiver runs a six-yard hitch route. So he's so just going to run six yards and, and look back. at Tom Brady. And then Hogan in the slot's just going to run straight down the field. Well, Pittsburgh wants to defend that as let's let our linebacker from the inside fly out to all the way outside to get underneath the guy who's running the six-yard hitch route. And then we want our corner to look at the quarterback and read the slot receiver, which is Chris Hogan in this in this instance, and stop the seam throw. Not possible against New England and Tom Brady. Just it's as if, they, it's as if they're running a pick on themselves. It's just unrealistic to think that you're going to be able to play like that when Tom Brady might look at that guy on the outside. The corner's still going to go, well, he might throw it to him, so i got to stop for a half a second. And then he comes in and throws a 98-mile-per-hour fastball in the slot guy. I don't give a shit if Deion Sanders is out there. It ain't going to get stopped. Yeah. There was a play last night, I want to say it was in the second quarter, that your dad went nuts over where the Patriots were in a set where they had three wide receivers and then Brady audible at the line of scrimmage, and they, yes. they put five wide, and the crowd went crazy. Right. And then he threw it to Hogan uh, on a seam route on the left. It was on the left side of on the, the field. On the left side. You know what I'm talking about? Talking yeah. about. Yes, and got, Hogan almost broke it for a touchdown almost, like if he had stayed standing. He, they, they, they were like in a run set. Yes. They motioned across the field, and Brady goes, oh, they're playing like a single safety coverage that if I just spread them out there's no way they're going to be able to stop yeah. me and he saw it and he dropped back in the yeah, shotgun your dad said basically that that Brady looked at the coverage and, and said, said oh no all way. I have to do is yeah. have five wide why receivers why would I run and bang my head into the wall against this look when I can just spread these idiots out and get a free whatever yep. I saw a tweet um, before the games on Sunday we get it the Patriots try to take away what you do best note for everyone every team tries to do that which is common sense they doubled Antonio Brown every play. Yeah. The Patriots don't mess around. No. The Kansas City Chiefs had Justin Houston on Antonio Brown one time. Yeah, don't the say Steelers, that. Yeah. The Steelers didn't do anything with Edelman and Hogan. The Packers didn't take anything away. We, we give so much credit to these coaches because they're all locked in a room for 12 hours. Newsflash. People are on their cell phone. People don't pay attention in the room all the time. Some people don't have good ideas. When we say the Patriots take away the best option, it's because they do it every single play. There is no mental lapse. There is no no third and eight. We're going to roll the dice and let it go man to man here. You're right. It's exactly. It's every play. It's every play. Right. They are taking you away. They're not like going. Oh, we're taking you away in important situations. Yes. We're taking you away on first down, second down, on the nine-yard line. Yes, on there is no letting line. up. Right, there is no letting uh, up. Back to the dumb questions. Could yeah. the fire alarm have been big? No, I don't think so. I mean, most players would have been like, well, you wake up and you're like, damn, is there a fire in my room? Nope, I'm going back to bed. Yeah. I wouldn't have gotten out in the bed unless somebody knocked on my door. Adam Lefko's invention idea, every fire alarm should have a GoPro on top so that when the alarm is pulled... It snaps a photo of someone's going to steal that I think idea. a lot of fire alarms have like an ink. Uh, oh, an ink shooter? Yeah, aren't there ink shooters so the person gets you know, marked? I Am I making I've that up? I've heard that. Then you could just change your shirt. But I you feel could, like, yes. Like I it's like, like I, sign in, I sign oh. into people's buildings and they're I mean, like, you don't sit here and take a you photo. Don't think there's, the guy went to jail. So, I mean, they caught the guy. You don't need a GoPro. Yeah, I just I feel like that could be out on social media in a second. 
I should copy. I wasn't sure though that, about that. Is that an urban legend or real? Because it's like always you hear like if you pee in a public pool, there's it's this blue turn purple. Yeah, yeah. Well, I also I think I remember hearing the ink thing back in school. That in like middle school they have the ink thing so that like you're at so school. The kids don't yeah, do you it. can't look go at you. Look at you rubbing the fact that you went to school in our faces. <laughs> uh, dumb question: Did Matt Ryan outplay Aaron Rodgers? Statistically, yes, he did. I mean. Matt Ryan has the best offense and a lot of talent around him in a run game. Aaron Rodgers is, like we said, the one-game show. So, yes, he did outperform Aaron Rodgers. He did. Sure. I'll say it. That's what everybody wants to hear. It's unbelievable. But I mean, <laughs> Patrick DeMarco was wide open. Julio Jones crossing routes wide open. Aaron Rodgers is running for his life. Like, I, I just I don't understand it. Uh, we've also, heard. when Julio has three guys try to tackle him and he still yes. breaks a 75-yard touchdown. Right. Why right. are defensive backs so bad at playing deep balls? Oh, Because they don't have enough catch as children and as pros. That's why. They do not play enough catch. That's incredible. Yeah. I don't know if that's real. I, it's, from my experience, it is real. I mean, Did the Packers forget how to tackle? <laughs> no, the Packers were just... If the Packers, first of all, uh, we knew they had to play the, almost the perfect game, right, to win the game. They couldn't afford a missed field goal or a fumble by Ripkowski, whatever it was. We knew it was going to have to be Rodgers making magic. And the, the other thing I look at with the Packers, and just getting into this real quick, their defense, like you've talked about capers and some of the dumb crap he did. I just don't – I'm amazed that they didn't take the approach of the first time around where they just played too deep the whole game and said, you know what, we'll let you get yards. We're not going to let Julio go for 70 by us. We're always going to have somebody to stop that. And sure, you might run the ball with some success, but we're not going to just be destroyed. This game, they got up there like they were going to actually stop the run at the line of scrimmage, and they were going to like stop like certain concepts of, of Atlanta, and that just wasn't the case, and it just opened the floodgates. I mean, it was yeah. unbelievable at times. It was, there was no chance. I mean, that Demarius Randall, Gunther, Joe Thomas, they're going to have long off-seasons because they're going to have to watch this film probably in about a month or two. I think you had a good Joe Thomas line yesterday. I, what did I say? Go back and play school with your dad. I was getting angry because I wanted good football games, and I was being so ruined. I was getting really angry. Yeah. I, I snapped some of it. I heard. I didn't know uh, that. How impressive is it that Jordy played that way with two broken ribs? Man, I, I just can't even imagine what he was playing like. I mean, Tordal is a powerful drug. Tordal is a wonderful drug. Did you guys see when Julio Jones, his press conference last week, when he said he doesn't take painkillers because he likes to feel his injuries? Huh. I thought of you when I heard that because I, I thought you would support that. I think there's a lot of guys in football, if you've been injured a few times and you were on tour at all, I think those are the guys that maybe get off of it because yeah. they go, damn, you know, like I... I tore a ligament in my ankle, and they didn't know about it until yep. Monday night. Until the he said while run. he was playing and running, he wanted to be aware yeah, of you it. you got to feel it. Right. Why was Le'Veon's mysterious practice absence not known, and yet here we were preparing all week for Le'Veon Bell, and he had a groin injury, and they just never told us? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that goes back into, like, Pete Carroll, and the, he's going to lose a second-round pick because he didn't tell everybody Richard Sherman had a, a MCL issue, and he decided to talk about it on uh, public radio. Like, I, that was an amateur move, Pete. But, uh, but I don't know, and it doesn't really matter going back to the Le'Veon Bell thing. Allen Branch and Malcolm Brown whooped Pouncey and DeCastro. And we talked a lot about how good that offensive line was. Yes, that was impressive to me. Allen Branch, I, you, just, you, know, you just can't do justice to Allen Branch and how big he is. I think you look at Malcolm Brown, you go, he doesn't look that big. Malcolm Brown's 325, and Allen Branch is 350 plus. Brown's just, up to 325. Yeah. That's, that's, wow. He was 320 when he came out in the draft. That's what people don't realize. That's why he was kind of special. I remember Allen Branch quick. was one of those guys that was falling in that draft. 
uh, and you go, you know what? I understand he's he's never going to be the guy that gets stats. It's kind of like I look at remember Ted Washington. That's who he is for them. But he's you Ted look Washington. at it, it's like it's really hard to find people that weigh that much that could play for this long. No doubt. They have, a, they have a role. He was Why is Roger Goodell making this Patriots hate worse by not showing up to their games? Okay, well, like, listen, first of all, do we know Mr. Kraft, like, invited Roger Goodell? I bet you Mr. Kraft told Roger Goodell a long time ago, like, don't come up here and think you're going to come sit in my box. So even though Roger Goodell might be being a chicken by not going up to New England, I'm sure he's not getting the red carpet rolled out for him and they're saying, hey, come up and we'll have a nice warm cup of coffee and forget the old bad times yeah. we had. No, I think that that is a severed relationship right now. And yeah, as is much he as he afraid was, that everyone will realize that Ro- that Robert Kraft is the actual GM if he tries to get into well, a public I, squabble, I have a think actual he's, commisioner. I think he's actual got a, commissioner. I mean, Robert going Kraft. up there to that stadium, I'd be scared for my life. I, you better have a CIA. You better be at the Trump Brigade over here at the Trump Tower down the street. Where Secret Service. Yeah, because it's just unbelievable. I, and then the New England Mafia. I mean, I would be scared that they would try to literally. Dra- knock Roger out and like hang him from the goalpost. I really would be. They, they're that crazy up there. That's a little dramatic. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, the, the drunk guy uh, is pulling fire alarms at 3 a.m. It's a little dramatic. Yeah, I'm too. drunk. I'm a Patriots fan. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. You're right. I, I don't think anyone's ever thought about the fact that maybe he isn't invited. He doesn't just go wherever he wants. Uh, and he can't just go to the Pittsburgh booth because then it looks even worse. It does. You went to New England and then you didn't even go to the Patriots booth. He doesn't want to take away either. I don't think he wants to be the storyline of the right. game. So, you know, he's as much as people think like, oh, this whole Brady deflate gate thing is like it was good for the NFL because it kept him relevant one offseason. No, that was not good for the NFL. It was bad for the NFL. And Goodell doesn't want to be the focus of the story. Why don't more GMs pull an Elway and replace coaches that have proven to be unable to make a playoff jump? And in this case, I'm talking about McCarthy, Capers, and Pitt's defensive coordinator. Yeah. Like he got rid of John Fox and they went to the playoffs. Because Elway went, you're not the guy. Why don't more GMs have the balls and the foresight? Why do I have a Jacksonville Jaguars franchise that only hires guys based on they want to coach Blake Bortles? Why do I have franchises that want to keep their GMs in place? Why do I have franchises that don't try to win the Super Bowl? I know. uh, But there's just very few teams and very few people that push the chips all into the middle of the table every year and go, no, we're trying to win it. I'm not trying to save my job or get a contract extension or not get fired this offseason, whatever it may be. Like New England, New England, yeah, New England, Denver. You're exactly right. They're one of Seattle. Yes, they do the right things pretty much year to year to say no. We're going for it. We're trying to win it. I do think Pittsburgh does that as well. Now, you know, not everybody's going to be New England. My big thing with Pittsburgh is this. This is what I would say more than anything, and this goes really for the AFC. Stop holding yourself to the standard of we're going to try to beat the teams in our division. Fuck that. You are in it to win the Super Bowl. You can't be thinking small picture, we're going to win our division. i got to think, of how am I going to beat the Ravens and the Bengals? No. If you're not thinking about beating New England, then you're just pretending to play football. New England lost in the AFC Championship. Like the Giants in the si- 80s were well, going, the- we are got to beat the 49ers. They weren't going, we got to beat the Philadelphia Eagles to hold ourselves to a standard. The Patriots lost in the AFC Championship. And their whole offseason was built around building to beat the Broncos. Right. We are going to run the ball more. We are going to get better on our defensive line. We are going to change our philosophy. It was about who they thought was their biggest competitor. Right. Right. And if you don't realize in the AFC that it's the Patriots and everyone else, yeah. this goes back to me going, what's the point of divisional? Yeah. <laughs> 
It's because people get caught up in this small crap yeah. because they want the hat and the T-shirt that says they won the AFC South. Yeah, it's nice on the resume. You're right. It's nice on the resume. Yeah. Uh, and then my last question. Are Kyle and Josh, Kyle um, Shanahan. Shanahan and Josh McDaniels, that much better at picking, like creating plays and call? Like, are they better at calling plays or are they or preparation? Well, they're better than everybody at both. I, I honestly think both Sean of them. Payton. I think they've maybe passed up Sean Payton this year. I really do. I think maybe they've out, uh, passed up him and Bruce Arians in a lot of ways. But because I just don't think there's like I see plays from them every week where I go, ooh, that was that's interesting the way they did that there, and ooh, this is interesting they got in this formation with this personnel set. It's every week new wrinkles. It's endless route trees. It's endless route combinations. It's endless like, yeah, it starts in a simple way for their run game. Like here's our four run plays, but the inventory just keeps building all year. We have our four run plays, but play number four, we have that run play, but we also have a play that looks like play number four, but we do number five now. And it just continues to go, oh, by the end of the year, we have 20 great run plays, and we have 20 more screen passes. And it's just you have to defend the field at all moments and the constant tempo and pace that both of them do. It's pedal to the metal every play, and that's why I do think it could be it's a really Google good Super Facebook. Bowl. It, it is. It's just they're going. They are going, and they're not going to be repercussions. Like, I had people texting me, oh, well, maybe Kyle will let off the gas here and Green Bay will get back in the game. And I just said, yeah, but Kyle's conservative is still like trigonometry to Daryl Bevel in Seattle. So Green Bay was screwed. I knew that. I was texting my friends when it was 17. I was going, they're screwed. It doesn't matter because his conservative is still going to expose them right now. And that's kind of the way it went. He he really called a pretty simple game. They had so many freaking people open. It's unbelievable. I mean, it's unreal. I mean, he threw to Julio on some plays. If he threw to the other side of the field, it didn't matter. It was going to be forty yards to the other side too. I mean, it was it was a disaster. Mike Daniels is the only guy on that team that came to play defense. Man, yeah. It's uh, it's the reason I think we're frustrated is to go an entire year. And usually one of the best days of football to get just such a lack of performance from teams. Uh, I'm tired of Aaron Rodgers being wasted. Uh, I'm tired of people thinking that emotional coaches like Mike Tomlin are the way to get it done. If you don't realize that Belichick is the best coach in football, Popovich is the best coach in basketball. Nick Saban is the best coach in college basketball. Krzyzewski is the best coach in college basketball. And they all have the same demeanor. And you want a rah-rah guy? They all got the Vich and the Gaveskis. And the they <laughs> all have a military background and preach discipline. And you want a rah-rah guy. Yeah. I, it's just, I've reached the point now where I'm tired of explaining things that are super simple. Uh, the, this is going to be a very good Super Bowl. The only thing I worry about is Dan Quinn's clock management and a bad fourth down decision or a challenge that he shouldn't have done or the Patriots tearing up the defense like they did the Seahawks in that Super Bowl. We're going to break down that game much more next week. Um, And for anyone that thinks we need to talk about the Pro Bowl, let me just give you this news and note to show you that it's dumb as hell. Andy Dalton's now in the Pro Bowl because Tyrod Taylor passed it up. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) Sorry, I was so angry. Was I angry? A little angry. It's okay. That's all right. 
It was. It was a frustrating Sunday yesterday. I mean, I, I even I got home and I was like, damn. That stunk. I mean, it just even watching the highlights, you were just like, yeah, it wasn't even. It was just not fun. It was two teams that dominated. I will say this: the New England game, Pittsburgh played really hard. They, they were did. outmatched. I think there's two plays I look at and go, like, man, we were almost had a game if they don't call the Edelman defenseless receiver, which was a bullcrap call yes. on second and seven. It would have made it third and seven, but New England probably would have got the first and the fumble. And if the he fumbles, scores that touchdown, they don't settle for a field goal. That's exactly right. That was those were huge. Yeah, but you can do plays. the same thing with the Packers. If Jake Ryan recovers that fumble, yeah. if Ripkowski doesn't fumble, if they pick off that interception yeah. at the end of the half, yeah. uh, coulda, shoulda, woulda. Yeah. It's the story of the Detroit Lions and the Houston Texans. Yeah. And the Tennessee Titans. All right. Uh, I promise we'll be more positive a few days from now. Uh, I just think that that we wanted to get that off. So we'll be more we'll be more breaking down all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, for Sims. Peace out, homies. For Fender. Good night, everybody. Love you. Episode 99 coming soon. 99-er.